Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. My name is Larry Lannon, and on today's podcast, I want to welcome Izzy Alexander and Casey Alexander. They're both students at Fishers High School, a, uh, a sister-brother team, if you will. Uh, they conducted podcast interviews with all 11 Hamilton Southeastern School Board candidates. Uh, Casey took five, and Izzy took six. Uh, Casey took one township and Izzy took the other two. So a uh, way of, of, of uh, getting, kind of uh, breaking up the work. So Izzy and Casey, thank you very much for taking the time to join me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, I checked my statistics just before recording this podcast. We're recording it on the afternoon of Saturday, October 10th. And as of this point, I took all 11 podcasts, added up, all of them, and there have now been over 1,700 listens as tabulated by my hosting company. Now, that means there had, for those who don't know, that means there have been 1,700 instances where an individual accessed most or all of those 11 candidate podcasts, one of them. And actually, the total number could be more than that because what I find is that people listen on speakers or share earbuds or find some other way of doing it. So that's the minimum number of people that have listened. It could well be more than that. So uh, tell me, Casey, how does that make you feel? That is a lot. Um, yeah, that is a lot. I'm happy that uh, people are... Uh, getting themselves more civically educated. And Izzy, how do you feel about that number? It's crazy. Um, I, I mean, I knew when when we agreed to do this, I knew getting it on your website meant that we would have a lot of people that would be very happy to listen to it. But um, somehow a lot did not translate to almost 2,000 in my brain. So <laughs> that's crazy that 1,700 people have been listening to our podcast. I'm just glad that we were able to get them out so that people could listen to them before they started voting this cycle. And just so you know, that's a record for me. Uh, I've been doing podcasts since 2000. I did my first school board candidate podcast in 2016. And I've, so this has been my third cycle. Uh, I did two myself. Of course, now you have this one, and this this breaks all the records. So you you have quite an audience out there. Just to give people some background, it was several weeks ago I received a message uh, that there were uh, some high school students that were interested in recording school board uh, podcasts. I was not going to have the time to do them all. Um, I got a phone call. I think it was from Izzy. Once uh, you have my phone number, we talked, and I really didn't hear from you for a while. I thought, okay. <laughs> I heard rumors. There were some students out there doing interviews, but before I knew it, you sent me another message, and you had 11 audio files out there for me to to take care of. So what I'd like you to do, and Izzy, I'll ask you to start. Explain to me how this all came together from your point of view. So we were... It was actually our mom who came up to me and said, hey, is Students in Action possibly interested in hosting a candidate, a school board candidate interview podcast? And Students in Action is a service club at Fishers High School that I'm a member of leadership for and that Casey just joined this year. So we're pretty active and we have our own podcast in Students in Action. And I thought to myself, like, because I had heard you weren't doing it and I had said, well, um, I don't know if people will get the right amount of traction from our Students in Action podcast, but if I was able to talk to Larry Lannon and just do all the work for him and then have him put that out, I thought that would be a better way of reaching more people in our community. So 
you know, I started, I was like, okay, well, let's start thinking about this. Let's start drafting questions and seeing how I can get in contact with school board candidates. So I contacted a member of HS Equal who had some of the school board candidate information since the HS Equal was also doing some questions for all the school board candidates. And it was like a couple of days after that Casey came up to me and was like, hey, I want to help, um, which was great because I really didn't want to do 11 interviews all by myself. So Casey took half of them, about half of them, and I took half of them. We drafted questions together on a Google Doc that we shared and drafted an email together and sent it out to all the candidates and just crossed our fingers and hoped that they would respond favorably and come back and be interviewed. And soon enough, they did. And we got all of our interviews done in about two weeks. We spent one long weekend just sitting down editing all of the interviews. And then that was the Sunday that I emailed you and was like, hey, we're done. Um, <laughs> which, so. which amazed me. I, you know, I, I can't remember ever getting 11 audio files at one time, which gave me a lot of work to do because it took me about three days to get the post-production done. You did your editing and I did a little myself in terms of just doing an open and close to put things in perspective and run it through some software to, uh, that I use. Uh, and I must say, you've both received rave reviews from everything that I have seen. Uh, and I must admit, when I say that, there was one question had I been doing the interviews uh, that I never would have thought to pose. And that, of course, was the voice of the student, which both of you incorporated into each of your podcast interviews. And I, I'm going to ask Casey to start this. Uh, when you heard the answers from the candidates who interviewed, and I'm sure you heard uh, Izzy's as well, when you heard those uh, responses to that question, um, what was your reaction to the answers you were given? Um, I think that of the ones that I've actually listened to, I still have yet to listen to a few of Izzy's. Um, but from the ones that I listened to, they, I was mostly happy with the answers because a lot of them said that they would be incorporating uh, the voices of students into their work. And uh, I thought that that was good because um, the student voice is honestly probably really important in the process because they're, they're directly affecting us as students. So I think it's probably important to do that. So is it your, your view on that? I thought it was, I was really proud of us for getting that question asked because it's tough to ask some candidates, like, do you consider the student voice or is that something that's important to you? A lot of them run on platforms that are supporting families and parents in the district, but I don't often hear candidates vocalize that they um, support the students and teachers in our district unless they're being pushed on it. So I'm glad that we got that question asked and I'm really happy with the response that we got too. I'm also happy because I think it sparked some candidates to think further on the question. I had Dr. Thiem emailed me back a couple of days after our interview and said, I've been really thinking about that question, Izzy, and I would appreciate the chance to speak to student groups at Fishers High School. Um, can you provide me any? So I gave him a list of a couple of student groups I thought would be interested in talking to him. So I'm glad that it was at least thought provoking enough for some candidates to really take that time and reflect on how can I, if elected, really support the students and hear what students want in our district. When I listened to that question and I heard the responses each of the candidates gave each of you, what came to mind is this. I, in covering the school board for several years, always would run across the parents that were very engaged in school activities, school board policies. But my view also is that most parents are not engaged like that. 
that but like that, yet they would vote in the election. And I wonder, Casey, do you think a lot of parents just ask their own kids, what's it like at school? What are the teachers like? Uh, tell me what's going on. So in other words, so, the, 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 the students can't vote, but they can influence their parents. Do you think that happens more often than you think? Uh, I'd like to say it does. Um, I mean, let's go on the side of optimism here and say, yes, I'd hope that it's that they'd ask the students um, like, hey, is this actually happening in your classrooms? Um, that sort of stuff. Um, but I can't really speak for anyone outside of our house. Um, and they do ask us about that sort of stuff. So I'd like to say that, yes, um, people are asking their kids about what's happening in the schools and who they would vote for um, if, like, they could vote. But I do not know. I see Izzy shaking her head. Tell me what you think. <laughs> I think, I, again, I'd like to err on the side of optimism and say, yeah, parents are talking to their kids about what's going on in school and how they feel about school board candidates, especially in junior high and high school when kids are starting to develop their own political opinions for the first time, I would hope that the student voice is again being considered in a parent's vote in a school board election. And I know a lot of my peers are, we get a lot of comments that we're very unique kids for agreeing to talk to school board candidates, but a lot of my peers feel very strongly about our school board and have their own opinions and wish that they could vote in the elections as well. So I really don't think we're unique in having political opinions. I think almost every student who can formulate one has an idea of what they want their school board candidate to look like. But I don't know if a lot of parents are talking to their kids. Again, I can't speak outside of our household and our parents are very involved in, I mean, obviously we did these interviews, so they've sure. been asking us nonstop, like, what do you think about this? Candidate? <laughs> well, it's good to hear that. It's good to hear that. I, I There was a lot of that in my family when I was growing up. Uh, I'd like to know from each of you, and I'll ask uh, Casey to start on this one. How did you go about uh, just, you've kind of touched on this, but talk more about it. How did you go into this whole preparation? How did you prepare for these interviews? Uh, well, like as he said, we um, reached out to all the candidates, um, and then we sort of spent a day um, borderline Facebook stalking all the candidates. Um to come up with their policies so that we could ask uh, the two personal questions to each candidate um, so that we could get the most information out of uh, eight questions. Izzy, tell me what you think. Yeah, Facebook stalking is definitely the right way. It's not, it wasn't borderline. It was, it was stalking. <laughs> um, social media is a gift. <laughs> <laughs> I, we definitely, when, when we were preparing to ask the questions, yeah, we went through their websites, their Facebook pages to make sure that we could get, like Casey said, the most information out of the limited time that we had with them. Prepping for interviews for me, like right before I would do an interview, I'd have to take a couple deep breaths and like calm myself down and get my cheeks ready for, I like to smile while I interview. So I had to get my cheeks all warmed up to smile at everyone. Casey, Casey said for a couple of his interviews, it was complete like, blank face yeah. and that scared me a little <laughs> that's an old radio trick by the way to smile before you start talking it does come across it really does that's a that's a great technique and the fact that you thought about that says a lot right there 
So, uh, so yeah, so um, you both did preparation. You both stocked the candidates online as best you can. So I'm going to ask Izzy to stay with me for a moment. Uh, after all the discussions you had with your school board candidates, the six that you uh, conducted interviews with, um, tell me, uh, when you listen to all their views about what, they would do or have done if they were an incumbent. What they uh, what they talked about in terms of, of of their policies, their views toward the school system. What did you find as the most important things you heard during that experience? I think this is such an intensely personal question for everyone listening because everyone has these different priorities that they look for. For me, and we talked about it a lot in some of my interviews, equity is a huge deal and making sure that we are able to ensure that every student feels that they belong inside HSC schools. That's something that I personally am very passionate about. So I really enjoyed getting to talk to candidates about the way that they felt about how our school system was handling equity work and what we could be doing better and what they were going to plan to do. I think a lot of those conversations were my favorites, as well as when candidates would dissect their, almost every single candidate this year is running on a platform of all students in some regard, or every child in the district. And I liked asking them to dissect what all and every meant to them to define what their statement was, because it says a lot about a candidate, the way that they can define those words. And I appreciate the fact you did sort of press some of the candidates on that. And, uh, and, and that took a little courage. And uh, Casey, uh, tell me, what uh, did you learn about, or let me put it another way, what you learned about the most important issues to the candidates with whom you talked to and discussed? Uh, uh, a lot of the candidates from the Fall Creek District, um, they, um, they were a lot. Uh, there were a lot. Of, sorry, I'm not being articulate today. Um, oh, that's okay. If, if, and if you didn't find anything uh, that that uh, was terribly important, that's that tells me something there. I I would also argue that the equity question was a big one for them. Um, I know that a lot of like at least three of the five candidates that I um, interviewed had plans laid out like for exactly how to. Um, enforce equity in our district because uh, that was one of the generic questions that we asked everyone uh, we also tried to um, mention that whole all kids thing into every single um, one of them in some way so yeah i think that the all kids policies are important let me stay with casey from your point of view and as a student you're freshman now at uh, fisher's high school just from your experience so far local education, what are the biggest challenges facing the schools just in your own? And I've got a reason for asking this, but uh, tell me what, what, what your view is on that. The biggest challenges. Yeah. Um, in other words, what needs to be done? What, what, what's ahead of the school system that hasn't been done, maybe needs to be done, addressed, something like that. I see. So, am, am I, am I asking too tough a question there for you or? No, it's not. I'm just thinking about how to articulate this correctly. Well, how I, about, how about Izzy starting off and you can think about that Casey, go ahead, Izzy. Yeah. I think we've got a, public schools, unfortunately face the brunt of issues in the school system across our country because they 
enroll the most children and they have to be the least selective about who they enroll because public schools take everyone. So everyone needs to be represented in public school decision-making policies and funding. I think funding is a huge issue that public schools face, even in Indiana where public schools are very well funded by our government, like our, our governor and the state of Indiana funds public schools more than a lot of other states across the country do. And our schools are very good here, but as in they're very academically successful, but that isn't everything that matters to students or teachers. I think this year has shown that we don't prioritize teachers as much as we should. I think we definitely need to have those conversations about how we can best support teachers and make teaching the job that they want to do rather than a job that they feel obligated to do. Because if we aren't taking care of our teachers, then we're not doing any favors for the students that we are putting through the school system. So based on your conversations and that you had and the ones you heard uh, Casey uh, conduct, do you think the candidate, I don't want you to name names, just in general, do you think the candidates generally have a grasp on those most important issues? I would say that yes, on at least half of that like statement there. Um, I know that a lot of them do care about the kids that are going through the system. Uh, a few of them that I interviewed, I know, um, like mentioned teachers as being part of their platform. Um, but there is some of them that I don't think um, care about the teachers as much as others. I would say I think funding is universally recognized as one of the biggest issues that our school district is going to face. Multiple candidates have said, I mean, and we're up for getting more funds in the next couple of years, like our fiscal years are uh, we're coming up on getting some more funding and our referendum is about to expire. But I think funding is, yes, recognized as an important thing. But I don't know if a lot of candidates, I don't know if all the, the candidates want to look at a holistic view of our district and include the students, teachers, families, parents, administrators, everyone in their view of what schools should look like. Yeah, and covering the school board, and I've covered education before, what I find is that there's not a lot of control by the local school board and how much money they get, except how they sell a referendum, their decision to have a referendum and how much to ask. And uh, referendums have passed so far, and as you mentioned, I think that's the next school board that takes office, the one the incumbents going forward and the new board members are going to have to deal with this issue of the referendum. So I think that's uh, that's something to watch. Now, Izzy, you clearly... One thing that came through clearly is that you are not happy. You're not quite old enough to vote in this election. Uh, Can't say that I blame you. Uh, I don't want to, and I'm going to ask Casey the same question, uh, especially you because you are so close to being a voting age. Based on what you've heard in in the interviews you conducted, again, don't name any names, but if you were a voter, do you have a clear idea on who you would vote for in the school board election? Yes. Okay. That's a good answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Casey, do you, if, and again, you're a few more years away from voting, but uh, did you come across this, away from this experience with an idea of, okay, if I was able to vote, here's who I would vote for? Yep. Okay. So, you both got, feel you got that much out of the whole experience. Yeah. Uh, both of you were members of Mr. Fossil's National Championship We the People teams uh, different years. Uh, I know I've done some some volunteer uh, uh, 
doing a volunteer job of trying to, to be a practice judge for uh, HSC High School and for Mr. Fossil at uh, Fisher's uh, Junior High School. And uh, he has had more than one national championship team, and so each of one have been on different teams. So what I'd like you to do is explain to the audience, first of all, just what We the People is. It is a competition about civic understanding, but explain what's involved in We the People and, and what you learned from that experience. And I'm going to ask Izzy to start. So it's, it's been a couple of years since I was in We the People. It's been four years now, but it's still a very clear experience. It's some of my very clear memories from eighth grade are most of them are all We the People related. It is a, it's a different history class in a sense. It's a different history and civics class where we're looking at American history and we're looking at the history of the American government, but we go deeper into issues that our government has faced and the way that our government is functioning. For me, I was unit three, which means I studied the constitutional convention, which is a whole, uh, I could tell you so much about the constitutional convention that I still remember and the federalist papers and how the government was created from the ground up, the way that our founders shaped it, the founders intent in that, and then the way that it's also changed. Um, 2016 was the year I competed. So big year with for talking about the electoral college and how we could be able to re, like take a critical look at the electoral college and what it stands for and why it was created. And in understanding the history, then be able to analyze what we can do in the present to make it a more equitable experience for everyone in voting. We the People kind of gives you the ability to look at history in a critical lens and apply how that history and the intention beyond the founding of the government applies to now and what our government looks like now. And is the intent the same? And is that okay that it's not the same? Um, what can we fix in our government? How can we be involved those sort of questions. Yeah, it's amazing that there are junior high and high school students reading the Federalist Papers. You know, you don't <laughs> see that too much. Uh, but another thing I, I'll just say before I turn to Casey, I remember years ago being on a work assignment in Philadelphia and had the opportunity to go to the building where the Constitution was put together. Uh, and uh, a, a great effort was put together to make it look the way it did look at the time of the convention in the late 17th century. And that was quite a thrill. But Casey, you've been on the junior high team uh, more recently than your sister. Tell me what you've uh, learned from that experience. Uh, I unfortunately still am not articulate, um, <laughs> but that's more of my fault. I would disagree um, with that, but go ahead. Um, I was on unit six. Um, so we covered a vast majority of subjects uh, at deeper than surface level. So I would argue that I learned to connect, um, connect the dots between points in history and now and see um, like where, what we can learn from history and sort of avoid doing some of that and also continue doing more of that um, in like present times, but also unit six dealt a lot with current issues. Um, and so I learned a lot about uh, gun control, um, equity. Uh, there was a, a, back when I was on the team, we did a lot with um, ISIS back in January when we, or when like the general died or something. I don't remember anymore. It's been a long year, but um, we did a lot with that. Um, so I learned a lot about 
what's going on in the world right now. And I learned a lot about what happened in the past. So I've just kind of been connecting the dots since then. Turn to Izzy again. Izzy, on one podcast that I heard, you referred to me as a local celebrity. (laughs) Now, I must say, I do not consider myself a a local celebrity. Uh, If so, very low-grade celebrity at best. But I would say that based on the numbers I just cited for you, the two of you have now uh, become local celebrities, and I think deservingly so. Um, I'm just curious if the two of you have received any feedback once these podcasts uh, began to to air. Izzy, have you uh, had any feedback from people? Yeah. Um, every I, I've had people that I haven't spoken to in years message me again and say, wow, thank you for putting these podcasts together. They're really helpful. And a lot of people that have just reached out to me and expressed like interest in what I was doing or what made me what made me and my brother think to take this on. And a lot of people saying like, wow, this is such a huge endeavor and it's very important in our community. So yeah, I received a lot of feedback from it. How about you, Casey? I would also say that I've received a lot of feedback from it. Uh, My sixth grade science teacher just a few days ago emailed me and I have not talked to her since I think seventh grade. So that was and that was a, six and six of seven of Casey's teachers, I think. Yeah. And when he came into school, we're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> just yesterday, actually, when I was um, doing a bit of live stream work for uh, the Fisher swim team, um, two of the parents came up to me and said, hey, we really appreciated what you did at the podcast. And I said, thanks. You guys listened to that. And they said, yes. So I was a bit shocked that. Uh, so many people had listened to it that I actually knew. Well, you know why, but after hearing the numbers that I gave you, one last thing I want to talk about, because when I would do these interviews myself, I was more trying to draw something out of the candidates. I think you did that too. But you gave the candidates an opportunity to do something I would not have done. You said, feel free to ask me questions, meaning the two of you. Of course, you know, I wouldn't ask them that. Why would they want to ask me a question? But your students, and they felt that was, you know, when you gave them that opportunity, uh, they asked you some questions. Uh, Izzy, tell, I, 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 one of them sticks out in my mind. What sticks out in your mind as a response to a, a question from a candidate? I had, I had a couple of candidates ask what I was doing next. Uh, Miss Shara said, what's your next adventure? She's very fond of that phrase. And for me, it's next year, it's college, even though I have no idea what I want to do or where I want to go yet, but I'm still got time to figure it out, so... That's my next adventure. I also had candidates ask me, um, and these I didn't air in the original podcasts because they're um, conversations based on my own political views. So I don't feel as though that's my job to express my views in a podcast about the candidates. So, but some questions were, you know, what do you think about what our school board is doing now? Or what's a decision that was really disappointing to you and a majority of your friends? Or what's a decision that you really liked? So just a kind of opportunity to engage with the candidates on personal political levels was, it was nice. Yeah, and the one that struck, uh, struck me and, and sticks out in my mind, uh, Izzy, was uh, when you were asked that question, the first thing you talked about was equity. And that's, and you've already mentioned that that is one of your big issues. So Casey, you had a little of that. Uh, talk about that when you were asked a question by a candidate, uh, how you responded and what you thought about uh that whole experience. 
Uh, I, like Izzy, was uh, asked about, um, like, my own personal beliefs a lot. Um, mostly was about a letter that I sent into the school board to be read a few months ago about the 50-50 plan. Um, I think that that's still on board docs if you want to go read that. Uh, I don't remember the meeting, though. <laughs> but, nothing wrong with uh, that. There, there was um, but yeah, I had to cut out most of those. I was also asked a lot, like, when, when will this go up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and unfortunately, the timelines you gave weren't always accurate because it took me a little bit of time to do the post-production more than I thought. One last question for each of you just to watch. I'm just really curious. In general, I've tried to specify a few things. As you walk away to this experience, what do you take away from what you've learned from this experience? Izzy, what have you taken away from this whole experience? Dr. Anna Stump says that uh, students today have the golden ticket in education, which is that students, like anyone is going to be willing to help students do things because they're students and they're young and um, you really like, like helping them and making sure that they're going in the right direction and giving them resources so that they can see succeed. Um, that's what Dr. Anna Stump likes to say and my mom likes to talk about this all the time when I'm expressing like eh, I don't know if I should do this and she's like there's not going to be a better time for you to get resources and help from your community than when you're in high school and college I think that's definitely held very true throughout this the, the willingness of candidates to be interviewed by complete novices and to work with us through you know some technical difficulties or interesting timelines the ability that they had to engage with us and ask us questions and then answer our questions very clearly and concisely. That's something that I think I took away that high schoolers really do have power in their communities and they really can make a change and make a difference because people are willing to give you more resources when you're younger. So even though the world might not take us seriously and give us our voting rights until we turn 18, we can still make a splash. I'm old enough to remember when it was 21, so that's improved slightly since I was your age. Uh, and he, Casey, tell me what you uh, take away from this whole experience. Um, I've taken away that um, that pretty much the same thing as Izzy, but also I need to get better at interviewing people. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm not so sure that's true, but we can all improve, but you did a great job, both of you. Um, I just want to say I want to thank you both for coming forward and doing this. You've really served your local community. When I, I became a new grandfather and my grandson uh, resides in another state, I knew I was not going to be as available this time around. And uh, you two stepped up uh, to take care of this. I want to thank you. I want to thank your parents for their support of you doing this. And uh, and uh, best of luck to you. And, and I hope, Izzy, you make that decision soon on where you'd like to go to college. Not an easy decision. Casey, uh, good luck uh, to you as you continue on in your high school career at Fisher's High School. Thank, thank you. Thank you.